Hello, I'm Sarah, and I will be doing a podcast every two weeks to tell you about my life as as a person with a disability. I have chondroplasia, which is a form of dwarfism, and cerebral palsy. So, my life, I am 48 years old. I've had a very dramatic life. I have lived at home for the first 40 years, and then I moved into a self-contained bungalow with other other service users with eight that have neurological disabilities, uh, including uh, MS. Anyway, uh, yeah, lived with my parents for 40 years. Uh, I... I have been to school, a uh, special school for 16 years, and I went on to a, re- a rehabilitation college, not for drugs, but for to get me independent. And, oh, did I cry? Did I cry to come home for the first week? But... First month, sorry, uh, it was, I was on the phone, mom, mom, I want to go home, I want to go home. Anyway, I persevered, and since then, it was great. I got myself a bit more independent. I did lots of things, like, I had my first electric wheelchair, so I could go out on my own and do lots of things on my own. I went to my first nightclub, got drunk quite often at the local pub. And so I stayed there for two years, left home, went back home. I went to the local college for another ten years. And then I got a job. Got some voluntary jobs. Um, I did disability a, a citizens' advice for disabled people. Anyway, that didn't last long, as I was got I was sacked from there, told to leave, because I was too. I wasn't black, but I wasn't neutral, and I got too upset with some of the people that was calling saying that I was argumentative and so I had to leave. Then five years later I went for a job at Citizens Advice Bureau and I stayed there for 14 years and it was great until until uh one well, of the lift broke down and uh, I couldn't do my job. So I asked them, what, what can I do now the lift is broke? 
And they said, well, I can't do my job. And I was off for some time. And then I went to their meeting, voluntary meeting, and there was many new volunteers. And I just felt out of place. So I, and I had a running with my manager and because I said, I've been here 14 years in an email and this is how you treat me because you can't bring the telephones downstairs for me to do my job. And anyway, I left, resigned. Guess what? For my leaving present, I got a half bunch of dead flowers. My God. That, you know, 14 years. And they gave me some flowers that were half dead. So, right, I thought, thank you very much. And then I got a job. Uh, doing voluntary work at the local hospital. I was a meet and greet and I meet and greet people and it was great. I had to wear hideous orange shirts that looked like I was a, a, you know, airline hostess, you know, for EasyJet. Um, so I did that for good those few years and then I got bronchitis so I, I didn't I didn't go back I was ill for quite some time and but then after that I went back and then something happened that changed my life completely I had this really bad cough again I had it for a while but I thought no I won't go to the doctors I will I will persevere and then it got worse and worse and then it was so bad that and I had white red blotches on my face and I was coughing up like brown stuff so I had they rushed me to the hospital so and when I got to the hospital I was had to put myself on a ventilator Uh, my parents said they said to my parents the doctors well, it's touch and go. I don't think she'll make it. Would you would you advise us to switch the machines off? Because we don't know what's going to happen. And they said, no, persevere. So I persevered. And... I got well, I, went, I got better, 
it was never the same since then. And I'm very furious at the local hospital for asking my parents if they would like, if they could switch off machines. Because I think if it was somebody else that wasn't disabled, I don't think they would do that. Anyway, so I got better. I was in the hospital for about a month. And uh, so I came out and then COVID happened. And then for about a year, I had no machine for my breathing. And then once COVID died down, I got I had to have a machine. It's like an oxygen machine. So I um from then on, about a year later, I had to have a machine for my nose so that I can breathe better. And it is I'm more alert, I'm less drowsy and it's still a pain. You know, it's not exactly nice looking, having something up your nose. And then, yes, I just got a letter saying about me having an operation. and spinal stenosis. And I've been wanting this for over a year. couple of years I've been waiting. And with the pandemic, all operations have had to been cancelled or delayed and I don't know whether to have it because what would the outcome be? Because two years ago I wasn't on a breathing machine. Uh, It was a lot more. I wasn't as disabled as I am now. Um, So I don't know what to do. Should I go for it? And then right after pre-op with all the tests to cancel, right, to cancel it, well, I don't know yet and I haven't told my parents and I'm not going to until I decide yay or nay. The thing is though, with me being worse, a a lot worse than I was initially, will I come out of it, you know, it's an operation on my neck cord, will I become more disabled if it gets damaged, Uh, I have no idea what to do, Uh, one of my carers told me to um, say yay, and then when you get all your pre-op, then you can decide. Ask all the questions like, how long will I be? Uh, how long will I be under the anaesthetic? Um, I'm on a breathing machine. It's called a BPAP. Anyway, so and they ask me, ask lots of questions, and then when you've are. Uh, comfortable with the outcome 
then decide. But because if I don't decide, and they've only given me till the seventh of July, that's three days. They haven't given me long to decide. So, what should I do it or not? And what's the problem you've got now? Well, what I have got problem now is I have no ability to feed myself. I have no ability to walk. I have no ability to do anything other than use my head and speak. Well, that hasn't affected me. So, will the operation allow me to feed myself, lift my arms up higher, or not? I don't know what to do. So, yes, well, go back eight years, eight to nine years. I used to be able to feed myself, take myself to the toilet. I used to be able to um, walk. I used to be able to get in and out of my wheelchair myself. I used to do so much for myself. And then one day, I got out of bed. I had this cramp in my leg. And I was, couldn't walk. I had to shuffle myself across the wall to get to the stairs. And I was struggling. And I had no idea what was happening. And I was telling my mum and dad, I said, Mum, Mum, I can hardly walk. What is it? What? Why am I doing this? I could still feed myself at the time. But as time went by, my muscles became weaker and weaker. Until, as I said, I couldn't feed myself and everything like that. So it was a crushing defeat. But as I have a strong, I am strong-willed, strong personality. I have managed since then. But yes, it was a life-changing experience that wasn't really for the better. So if I had this operation with my spinal stenosis, will it will I be able to feed myself? Will I be able to walk? I have no idea. So it is a decision I have to make. Anyway, let's go back to what's what I think. How do people regard my disability? How people have how I've experienced life with a disability. And I think, well, it's been pretty good. Of course, there's a few dramas in my life. 
but as society, I think it's been pretty good. I've not had much abuse. Well, nothing that I can pinpoint. Oh, yes. I did have... I was going across a zebra crossing. And this man... And he said, Get out of your chair, you lady. Beep. And I was just totally shocked by that remark. I could... Words fathered me. Anything else that I've had discrimination over? Um, not really. Um, uh, oh yeah, somebody once screamed in my face in the middle of the town centre, which I don't know why, but that was a shock. Other than that, I've not really had much abuse or telling me I can't do this or that. And I think the reason why I've not had much abuse is because I uh, I can speak very eloquently accurately so and I've always been out on my own so society has been forced to listen to me so say if I want something in the shops I've always said look to the assistant I need help could somebody come around to help me with my shopping and they said yes. So as I've done that regularly, or with anybody asking for help, it breaks down the barriers in the end. So once people are used to you and your presence, their fears diminish and then they see you as a person and not somebody that they get worried about or they fear. Because fear is of the unknown. People fear for the unknown. We never had a not quite normal upbringing uh, being uh, I've had got two brothers younger than me what ever happened what dramas ever happened I used to go out clubbing and get drunk you know do stupid things like I used to wheel myself home in the, uh, in the hours early hours of the morning you know, stressing my parents out, coming home legless at two a.m. and uh, yes, so I've done that. But my parents have allowed me to be like that, 
Uh, yes, uh, I've had a few relationships, as you call them, that were, as I say, very, very physical relationships. And uh, yes, and what else have I done? I've uh, experienced um, wacky backy. Only because the man I loved used to do that. And it was in the 90s. And in the 90s, everybody did that. In the grunge era. So, and uh, it was a mind-altering experience. Although it made my muscles more relaxed because of my CP and they say cannabis oil is good for people with CP as it's a a relaxant so yes I uh, at least I smoke it at least to do the bongs and the only reason why I did all this because the man I loved did it so I thought well it might make me closer with him if I did everything that he did. And, uh, well, I did. And it was okay. But I had one experience once. I ate some resin, which is like, uh, you could get squidgy black, you could get half an eighth which is Henry VIII, and you can have lots of different kinds. Anyway, going back, I I ate some once, and uh, I was going out with my friend. We were going to the pub. I went to a bedroom. We chatted all the time, and I went to the pub with her, and it was like, oh, my God. Then happened. I was seeing things. I was uh, heads were expanding, necks were expanding, and it was like inspector gadget when you uh, could extend the necks, the head, and people's heads and necks were expanding. And I told my friend, "Oh my god." I'm hallucinating. We have to go home. So I went home. And uh, I was in a statue. I couldn't move my muscles. My muscles were so tense. So my mum found out. And uh, I don't know how they got me upstairs to bed, but they did. And... My mother was playing hell with my friend. Who did this? Who did you do it? Did you force her to take this? These drugs? She went, no, 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 I never knew anything about it. So I went to bed. They got me into bed. The next morning, I was... So, 
exhausted. So all I ate was tea and rice cakes. I don't know why, but I did. Then I got such telling off from my mother. But what is it about mothers and their children? Why is it men, boys, sons can get away with it and girls can't? I mean, girls are. Yeah, I just, I must say, my mother has never treated me any different to my brothers. In fact, my brothers got away with murder. Well, not literally murder, but it's a saying. They used to take drugs and everything. Well, me youngest, well, yeah, so. And yet I did it and all hell broke loose. And, uh, yes, that was one episode. And I said, look, it just happened. I just wanted the experience. And then talking about my life. One time I was having dillions with a good friend of mine. And my mother came in. <gasps> oh my God, she was so shocked to see us half naked. And my mother said, I trusted him. I trusted him. I said, Mum, we're 28 years old. It's not like I was 14 and he was 30. Anyway, she never spoke to me for about a few days. But yeah, sons, my brothers could, you know, do anything. Well, not literally anything. But yeah, but women and their daughters get such a, a bad name when they do anything that they feel is immoral. So, yes, well, and one time I was talking to a guy online, chatting away, and uh, anyway, I was going to meet him. So, I wrote to my, I wrote a, some notes saying where he used to live, not where he lived, that where his, where the hotel was, and where, I, I told him where I was going. Anyway, so I met him, and, uh, we got chatting, and, and then I went to see him at the hotel, and I was in the bedroom, and anyway, I rang my parents up to say to them, Hi, Mum, um, I'm not coming home tonight, and my mother went dead, the quietness, like I last uh, murdered somebody. And my stepdad came on the phone and he said, 
If you don't come home now, I'm coming to get you. So I thought, oh, sugar, I'm going to have to go home now. So I came home. Not this row. Anyway, I met him again that next day. And we had, uh, it was okay. We were chatting and that. Anyway, he had to go home to Edinburgh. And I, it went downhill that, it went at downhill that relationship. Because I was worried about what he thought of me. And anyway, I got an email telling me how he couldn't continue the relationship. And I was so broken hearted. But you know what I did? I hacked into his computer, his email addresses see what I could find and then I found out he'd been he chatted to lots of women and he had a f- array of women that was chatting to him and that I love I was so broken hearted it was at a time where you could easily hack into people's um, emails accounts and Facebook wasn't happening then and phishing and scammers weren't really advertised so it's quite easy to get in and uh, this might uh, empathise with you readers especially broken heart I rang him up and said oh please don't leave me don't leave you. How can I? How can I live without you? And uh, anyway, he uh, he he dr- put the phone down, and then he changed his number, went ex directory, because I kept calling him, and then I found his mother out mother in the telephone directory and I called his mother and said I've lost your son's telephone number could you please give it to me well she never should who the hell's this so uh, she said well I'll have to ask my son anyway he messaged me on MSN which was like a chat portal and, and he went, what the hell are you contacting my mother, blah, blah. And I said, well, I'm so desperate to see you. Anyway, that relationship fell apart. I don't know what happened to him. Anyway, I still remember it since that was in 2004. So many years ago. Anyway... I was on. I went. I went on a Facebook group in on in his area because I knew where he lived. Anyway, I asked.
asked about, do they know such and such name? And then I got found out that he died of a heart attack a month earlier. And I went, oh no. But he too was a cannabis user. And plus he had heart problems. Because he once said, if I die, or if I have a heart attack, Sarah, it's your fault. And I thought, oh no. But that was over 20 odd years later, so he'll probably condemn me to hell for having a heart attack. But I uh, think about it quite a lot, but not as much as I used to do. Then I had a good friend going back to my, he was my childhood sweetheart, the first man I loved for a long time. And I still miss him. He died of um, drugs, overdose, but he was unhappy. And he, uh, he died. I was so broken hearted. In fact, I cried for a good hour. That was eight, nine years ago. I haven't really cried since then. I mean, my dad's funeral was a few years ago, and I swelled up my eyes, but never really cried hard. Yeah, so I still miss him now. <sighs> my mouth's getting dry. Oh, oh, it's near near to the end. So. What can I do now? What can I say now? Do I... How you want to wrap it up? You know, how you want to... Okay. How I want to wrap it up. Yeah, which is how you end the pod. So how are you going to end it? So, so, you know, um, that's an introduction to me. Um, Yeah. You know... Join me on the next one for more tales of... Sarah's life. Okay, whenever you're ready. Yes, well, that's the tales of my life for now. Um, I hope you're listening to me and my introduction to the podcast... If you like what you hear, please subscribe to me and I will continue my dramas and life of a person with a disability.